dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic, dynamic voices for a diverse church powered by The Witness, a black Christian Collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Please don't forget about the gram at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me today is the founder of The Witness, very extensive bio, the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. Good to see you again. Good to be back on the mic. Look, man. Look, man. You know what's so funny? Is I remember I was actually thinking about some of our I'm sorry, somebody called me and it made me think of something else. I'm sorry. All right, here we go. You know what's so interesting, Jamar? I was actually thinking back on some of our favorite episodes. And because you got the Kente cloth on right now, I was <laughs> thinking about the great woke debate, bro. Uh, you remember this? Yes, I remember this. It was completely off the cuff. It wasn't planned. Bo baited us into of it. Course, we started going conflicts. back and forth. Yes. And for those of you who do not know, it was probably about five, six years ago, something like that. And it's hard to even believe we've been podcasting that long, wow. to be honest. OGs. <laughs> but it, yes, but it was like it was like five, six years ago, and we hopped on and we had a totally different topic. And at that time, Bo was on with us. And so we were talking back and forth. And then all of a sudden we got into this back and forth about woke and right. the word woke. I can't stand the word woke. Still can't stand the word woke and could never stand the word woke. And Jamar was like, nah, actually, nah, you know, got to hear both sides. And I was like, no, don't got to hear both sides. That is not how it went. You go <laughs> said, back and listen to it. I said, he's like, very fine people on both sides. I said, no, it is not very fine people on both sides. Slander. And so we got into this woke debate. And Jamar, Jamar did his thing. Okay. Him. Jamar understood the assignment. Yet, I was looking back on it and now I laugh because ain't nobody using the word woke. How does that make you feel now, Jamar? You you won the battle and you lost the war. How does that make you feel? I think I won the argument. Oh, what okay. I said well, then I, still stands today. But what what I literally predicted ha- ended up happening. We, it, it was already <laughs> happening. That wasn't even the topic. But the, what I predicted, this is why I said it's problematic for us to use the word woke. I said we need to retire that, bury that. Because I knew that was going because to happen. what was going to happen. I knew that people were going to take this, appropriate it, use it, and then now they turn it into a slur. Now woke is a slur. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's why it is an unhelpful, especially when it comes to racial justice, because as you all know, or you should know, it was not originally intended for the racial justice, racial reconciliation conversation. It was actually an in-house black phrase to talk about consciousness, the development of black consciousness. And even that is kind of problematic, but you know, that's another thing for another See, that's day. your better argument that you that you came up with in the five years since we had the original wow. conversation. That's all right though. That's all I right. I literally just hey, thought about it. Listen, listen. It's <laughs> okay. good. It's good. Okay, you see how it's it is? You see how it is? In our thinking. So. You know what what's so funny <laughs> though is as as y'all laugh about the idea that Jamar is defending woke. But what's so funny <laughs> is to, y'all heard it. I didn't what's so that. funny is bro it really does it's really a microcosm of the issue that we're talking about today and the issue that we're talking about today even though we would both disagree on the term woke and how to use it and should we use it we would both agree on the fact that woke was ours and it was taken from us yes because the point is we can't have nothing yes bro we can't have nothing we can't have nothing are you seeing this phenomenon? Because I'm seeing, I, I think about the woke conversation. I think about all kinds of slang, uh, all kinds of uh, 
customs, dances. We can't even have the N-word. Okay, look. <laughs> listen, listen. That was thrust upon I us. Didn't say, I ain't say he said it. We okay, that was Jamar Tisby, the man to myth, the legend. You know, it black me. people disagree on whether you should use it or not, but one thing we don't disagree on is that nobody else should be using it. Okay, talk about this. Unpack it. Unpack yeah, it. yeah. I mean, so there's 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 black folks who, who, who use the N-word as a term of endearment, familiarity, or just slang, whatever. There's black people who know the connotations and the origins and the history and refuse to use it in any context. And then there are other people, namely white folks, who for some reason want to be able to say it without repercussion. Mm. And so whether it's... Or they tell, they telling us we can't say it. And they telling us, or they telling us we can't say it. Well, if white people can't say it, you can't say it. Like, really? Like, it's That's not... That's a good point. It, That's a good point. It was your word as a slur. Ah. Now that it's a, a word with a different cultural context and meaning, you try to take it back and no, no, you can't have it. And now that you can't have it, you want to say that we can't have it. Come on. You know what's so funny? I was thinking about this conversation um, in the context of dances mm-hmm. because this is when it really comes up, right? I've been I've been at a bunch of weddings recently, and they've been black weddings for the most part. And and so when you when you're in a reception, you start to note you notice that the people who are really in touch with the cultural dances and you know everything. And one of them that we really love to do, and if you do it, really it's it's college students who do it more than anybody else, but the swag surf, right? And so I remember seeing this TikTok where this white woman was doing the swag surf and Kev on stage was like, wait, 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 wait. This is not the swag surf. You cannot have this. And I love Kev on stage where he says, it's for black people anyway. <laughs> right. I don't understand. Why do y'all take... And then if you actually... Look at this. The TikTok trend is that black people will create dances and then someone white will come along and do it and then will get more attention right. based upon doing the thing that the black person Isn't created. That interesting. We, we can't, can't have, have nothing. nothing. Right, right. You see it all the time with dances and especially in this age of social media where yes. like you can do something visually, spread it, but the the original source right. gets obscured, right. gets whitewashed, <laughs> right? So there's there's all these videos. Um, I remember one in particular more recently. It's on the sidewalk outside somewhere. There's this black dude dancing. There's a circle of people around him. And the video oh, shows yeah. this white woman jump in the middle of the circle and try to take attention. Right, and everybody right. just stops. It's like record scratch because what she's doing is so far from the original flavor and soul of the yes. actual dance. But you know they saw we can't have to do it, and, and that, that there's a very similar uh, video of a group of sorority sisters strolling. Mm, oh, and then, yeah, and you remember the white exactly woman? She tries to get about. in and try, and Not they're like, you. "Wait a second, Mm-mm. what are you doing? What is that, Jamar? Why do why wow. why can't we have anything? Wow, uh, let me give one more example. Okay, yes, please. The please, word please. sis. Oh, okay, sis, yeah, yeah, that's been yeah, a big yeah. deal because black women use it for each other, right? And then you'll have white people, white women using it for other white people, and it's yes. like, but do you know like where that comes from, the context and the proper usage and all of that stuff? So you know, what's another one. It's so funny. There's a a very <laughs> famous pastor, and he talked about how the idea of a white pastor in Texas. And he talks about this idea of how. Um, these cultural movements and Black Lives Matter. Last year, he was talking about, said, you know what? 
you shouldn't be you shouldn't be on that hype train and that cultural hype train. These woke Christians and all that. See, he using work woke as a slur. That's another thing. <laughs> we These woke Christians and all this. They on this hype train with Black Lives Matter and this. And then recently, it made me laugh so much. You can go to my um, uh, social media account. You'll see it. It made me laugh so much. This dude was doing a promo for a sermon series or something, dressing like hood clothing. Oh my! So he was, yeah, a super promo. racist. So he, was wow. a, he was on the hook. He had the bandana and the, the one leg up. I mean, just like a trope, you wow. know. And he was like rapping about the Bible and stuff like this. And I was like, wow. So they want our rhythm, but not our blues. What? And so I was laughing so much because I'm like. This is exactly the point. Like right. you will critique us for our stances ideologically, but then you'll take our cu- culture and our and customs yeah. and use it for your own benefit to advance you. And so it's not just that we can't have nothing, but then you want what we have. Right, right, right. <laughs> for like your you own will benefit. Trash it yes. And then turn around and use it. What yes. about cornrows? Look, I don't even want to get into the, oh my goodness. Don't even get me started on that. You know, they go to like Cancun or something for the week. <laughs> right, wow, right. Wow. Yes, yes. Okay. What is that, Jamar? Like, I don't know what that is. You know, what's so, you know what's so interesting though? I think there is this general frustration with black people and that we have to protect and keep things from you know, the outside world because we feel like it's going to be colonized or it's mm-hmm. going to be appropriated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's this idea that that for some things, we don't even like to use them for ourselves. Like that was my whole thing with the woke conversation, right? I don't even want to use it for us because I know what's going to happen. And people are going to think they arrived and they're going to use it as a, as a badge of honor and a stamp of approval. And then they go turn around and flip it and use it on us. You feel that sometimes with some of the things that we do? Oh, big time. I mean, like it's just it's just like... USA 101, where um, mm. the labor of black people, oh, even our cultural goodness. labor. See, now you get, okay, going back to the exploited. roots. I'm sorry. Roots. I'm sorry. <laughs> it ain't a new story. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can even go to culinary culture, right? The foods mm. that we created mm. out of the scraps that we were given mm. then become delicacies that are served up in restaurants. You can wow. even do it with something like, wow. It's, it's just deep. It's deep. It's deep. But there's this tension. There's this tension, right? Like, even with something like past the mic or the witness, like these conversations we're having very much due to your influence are very much in-house conversations. Yeah, you can have conversations, them at a black yep. barber shop yep. or hair salon. You, we are talking to black people with a, with a, with a certain level of love for black people mm-hmm. and familiarity with black culture. And so on the one hand, we want that conversation to stay with that audience that right. understands it, right. not because we we're ex- racially exclusive or something. We want the people who get what we're saying and don't have to go back and take this course on culture to, to understand the conversation. We want them to hear it. We also wanted to to get lots of downloads because we think we're saying decent stuff that others right. should hear, right? right but as right. soon as you start to spread it out and go mainstream, right? Does doesn't this happen with like artists? Yeah, but it's it's like leave loud. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Get into I mean, that. But, but, get into but, that. I mean, I, and I've talked about this before in the episode, but it's like it's about leave loud. Like leave loud was something that was created for us by us out of. And and notice again how quickly it happened. It happened immediately, <laughs> like as soon as it was a hashtag a day after. on social media, boom. And and I appreciate the solidarity of something like Leave Loud because I know that's universal. Like I know that's not just a cultural expression, but there is a unique experience for yes, Black Christians that we're talking about, right? Yeah. So 
it's not so much, and I think this is uh, applicable across the board. It's not so much that there isn't solidarity. It's not so much that things can't be experienced. It's that there's a unique cultural expression. And that unique cultural expression comes from what we have experienced in our bodies and the way God has created us. And I think one of the dangers is when you take something from a group of people, and this happens cross-culturally all the time, all the time. When you take something that a group of people created for a sense of joy and camaraderie and in-house internal solidarity, what you're doing is you're actually robbing them and you're robbing the created order of their unique contribution Mm. to the world, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So how God created us uniquely and gives us the ability to express in a way that only we can, like that's unique to us. And if you are akin to that expression, God created you in the same way, that's something different. But if you just say, oh, this works, so let me take it. Mm. One of the things I absolutely hate, 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 and I'll use it, I'll use it generally. I, I cannot stand when people say this. And we say it so much in church. They say, and they're trying to mean this about marketing or things that work or what have you, but they say if you have eyes, plagiarize. Mm. And what they mean is if you see someone who's doing something that works, take it and use it. And I get the point, which is that it is is innovation and inspiration. But I cannot stand that phrase because it assumes and implies that if they do something that works, you can take something that works for them and use it for you and it'll hit the same. Right, right, right. And that is such a dangerous precedent, which is I can be inspired by you, but I need to be doing the internal work and I need to be doing the consistent, you know, striving and planning and thinking about what God has uniquely what excuse me what God has uniquely created me to do uniquely yes. created me to express and i think you miss it because you're just looking for what works right right, right. instead of looking oh, for what fits popular, you yeah. right yeah. like what fits you and so i think that's the frustration is don't just go with what's popping cuz you want to be a part like go with what you can appreciate and go with what you can appreciate without demeaning the creator of it so so what part do, is there a role or or what part is the role of of imitation with attribution let's say that is so bro i'm i'm asking you that question <laughs> that's a deep question bro uh, I, I i think that's the question we all ask right? right because even as black people we can see things in other cultures that we like and appreciate and want to imitate or Absolutely. emulate or whatever Absolutely. and and I think there is a way to do that respectfully, right. a way to do that that's contextualized, right? But yeah. I'm trying to think of like concrete examples for the people, you know? Well, I think even if if you if you take food, right? So if you take food and you say, oh, this is popping or this makes sense or, or I've seen like a recipe on TikTok or a recipe on Instagram reels. And so I'm going to take that and I'm going to make it. If it's cross-cultural and then you want to take that and profit from it, mm. I think one of the questions is, do you actually know its origin? Like, do you know its origin and do you understand like why it was created the way in which it was created? Right. Because you don't have to understand that to make it. But if you're talking about profiting off of it, you're talking about putting it out to the public. Look at what I made. We should probably ask deeper questions than the ones that we ask. And one of the deeper questions that we can ask is, well, what was going on in their cultural framework that caused them to be forced to make this? 
because if especially if you're talking about marginalized cultures and marginalized people groups, it's almost always out of lack of. <laughs> right. This almost yes, always out yes, of yes, oppression yes, or yes. exploitation. Right. So I'm forced to do with Making what I have. lemonades out of lemons. Yes. Or I'm forced or or this is connected to a cultural custom and a heritage. Right. So this is um, associated with a time of the year or a holiday that is unique to our country or unique to our specific space. Right. Um, and, and so you don't want to just take that and be like, well, look at what I made. I made this when you don't understand and give honor to the blood, sweat, and tears that went into right, right, right. So, so I mean, I don't know if I can say this because I, I don't necessarily know the landscape enough. Eric Clapton singing the blues. Oh, blue eyes, soul. Just you know, <laughs> the blues comes out of the very specific this, context well, in the delta. This is very interesting of the suffering, right? And you could even extrapolate it to rock and roll, right? And Elvis Presley popularizing a form of music that's already in indigenous to black communities and other marginalized communities, right? Well, I mean, if you if you look at music, it all kind of goes, you know what I'm saying? It's very much a mix, but it's 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 No, but what I'm saying of, is it all kind of goes back to black expression in some way, right? <laughs> right you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, Gospel but for real, music, right? Yeah, but for real, it's always it's all going back to So so when you get that that stylistic, you know, edge, that stylistic uniqueness and it's kind of mixed with a position of power or a position of, you know, it feels weird. It feels it's one of the yeah. things that I talked about with Kanye whenever he started doing Jesus is King, right? And one of the main problems and issues I had, and I wrote about it in a couple of publications, is, you know, when you just take gospel music, you're, you're he's a church boy, so that's not the issue. When you take gospel music and use the sampling of it mm-hmm. and use it and then attach it to a white evangelical framework, <laughs> right Ooh. when you when you attach the 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 pain of gospel music and then your lyrical expression and then your associations are maga and trump my, and my, my. it's cognitive dissonance and triumph and right so it, this is cognitive yeah. dissonance because when you're like, oh, this is hilarious, yeah, Chick Fil A and all this, and you know, clothes closed on Sunday and all this, ha ha ha. But he's but then you incorporate black artists. Hmm. And you incorporate black sounds when the sound of gospel music and the origin of gospel music is about a people who are crying out to God for an answer, not not operating and and buddying up to systems of power. What in this cognitive dissonance (laughs) that you have a white evangelical theological lyric (laughs) over a black gospel beat and sample? It's just like, what, what are we doing here? And so for me, it was hard to get into it because. Because when you have someone like Fred Hammond on your album, mm. you know, when you have all these samples, when you have this and people are like, oh, this music is amazing. And then now white evangelicals are taking and consuming based upon your association and proximity to the Republican gospel. <laughs> I'm saying, OK, so how are you going to take this, which is actually a referendum on the lyrics that you're mentioning? and then not speak about it from the context of where it was written so now you're not going to speak about it from the context of the poor and the powerless so now you're saying even black people can appropriate black cultural products and artifacts yeah and 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 really in particular with kanye you know i think it was very difficult to see because it felt like it was more about identity and brand rep brand uh repair 
Yeah. It felt like it was more about brand repair and mm-hmm. not about like, man, I'm really, really appreciating this music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go back to the gospel and then everybody's like, wow, right? Because we love that. And so you get the most amount of attention based mm-hmm. upon that. Mm-hmm. And Kanye's Kanye. He'll do something and he'll, but there are some things he's done, he's done that haven't been as popular. But now what does he see? He sees an avenue into a whole nother group of people. This works. Yeah. A yeah. whole nother cultural expression. Namely, not black Christians, but white Christians. Hmm. And so I can use the the soul and the style and then just put some put some put some white evangelical lyrics on it. And I put put some put some lyrics on it, boom, 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 you're evangelical. Yeah. And then now I'm connecting this to this and I'm getting the best of both worlds. Is this is this do you think connected to Christian hip hop years ago? No, I I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. That's possible, yeah. I think yeah. there is a connection because a lot of that was because the vast majority of the audience for CHH was white yeah. youth groups, white churches, and even black churches. There was an internal debate that was going on about whether or not it was valid. Right, 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 right. You know, and they to our shame, concerts, we, we didn't right. embrace them. Yeah. And so as a result, you know, some of the you have reformed theology over dope beats. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> right, like you, right. You, you, you take this. um indigenous musical form of hip-hop right. and then put in reformed theology which was birthed in white western european context without any thought right. of black people right and then but you you put a dope beat on it and and i'm not saying it's it's not a one-to-one with kanye and the reason i hesitate right. is because right. he's a brilliant musician like he's a brilliant artist i mean that's part of the appeal right some right. of it is just like Kanye's a musical genius. You want to see what he does with a, a genre like gospel music. And and it seems like he's going through a transformation personally. Like he is going through some sort of awakening. And as much as it may seem like he doesn't really know what that is mm-hmm. or he's trying to navigate searching, that. Yeah. He is searching and it's clear, right? That's obvious. So there's like a, a, a rejoicing that the one comes home. <laughs> you know, there's like a rejoicing in that. So it is it is multi-layered. So I'm not just flattening it down to that. But it was hard for me to get into personally because I know, oh, you're going to use... You're going to use something that Thomas Dorsey did. You're going to use mm-hmm. something... You know what I'm like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. Come on, man. So I think going back to... Some of what we were talking about, like, are are there ways of sort of healthy emulation or imitation or whatnot? I think one of the questions we have to ask, which you brought up before, is, are you profiting from this? Right. Are you profiting from it in a way that actually robs the creators of at least some of what they should get? Right. Let's talk about that after the break, because I think that's going to be really important for us to dive into, especially when it comes to things like, oh, I don't know, anti-racism. We'll be back. (laughs) Hey, Tyler, you know what's wild? October 2021 marks the 10-year anniversary of The Witness. A decade of this ministry, bro. 10 years. A decade of blogs and podcasts and events. I'm so excited, man, to celebrate 10 years. You know what? I think it's time to do another push 
for our Patreon community. I'm because saying. after 10 years, our Patreon community needs to blow up. It needs to explode. Yes, yes. You know what I was just thinking a great anniversary gift would be? Hmm. If you became a patron and go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic. Yes, just for $1 per episode, you can continue to fund the next 10 years yes, of The, the Witness, the next 10, 10 years, years of like all the these great of podcasts and events and conferences. Go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic and give just one dollar per episode and let's get us up to 200 patrons because if not i'm gonna quit the show oh boy thank y'all so much i appreciate it so i think it's really interesting jamar that you know, we were talking about profiting mm-hmm. because isn't this kind of how we feel whenever it's white folks that start talking about racism? <sighs> yeah, and they start talking about anti-racism, and then they get on bestseller list and top of the podcast charts. You're like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's is this valid? Am I tripping? Am I tripping first? Am I tripping? I n- no. I, I think I think there's different layers to this whole. Yes, and I just want to make it clear, I am not talking about any person in particular. I'm talking about the general idea. So people are like, yeah. oh, name the name of the person you're talking about. I don't know. Like, I'm not talking about a specific person. Like, oh, this person really irks me because they they made it big talking about anti-racism or justice or whatever. I'm just saying in general, I know that's been a conversation. Like, Are you actually profiting off of this? Mm-hmm. Are you gaining from this? Mm-hmm. And, and then are you centering yourself even in this? That's right. That's right. That's right? right. And then cutting off opportunities from specifically black women who have been doing this for years mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for pennies, mm-hmm. for pennies on the dollar. If. So again, am I tripping? Am I, is it? I mean, it's super frustrating to, to see a white person, for instance, say something about racism or anti-racism that black folks and other people of color have been saying for years, if not decades, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't get the same platform. And then when that idea or that person has the opportunity to communicate that idea broadly, there's no real attribution. There's no real mm. sort of pointing to other folks like, but for the real, you know, deeper knowledge or for somebody who's been doing this for a long, long time, you know, check out so-and-so or this platform or whatever, right. you know, right. that's super frustrating. Cause it's like, it's like you've been shouting into the wind. Exactly. And, and I feel like there is a unique level of, of pain and a unique level of persecution that comes with us saying this stuff. Yes. Yes. There is a unique level a of unique pain and persecution. Yes. And we don't have the safety net and we don't have the parachute often. We jump out the plane and we just say what we say because it's based upon survival. Right. But then beyond that, I think there's also this, this deep, deep, deep pain um, that comes from the fact that simple things we say, basic things we say, will get us skewered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will get us the messed up. The most self-evident stuff. And, and so I think the key and we is- don't have we don't have the luxury of waiting to say it. Right, yes. Taking yes. our sweet time yes. to muster up yes. the courage, right? Because it's, a, it's an urgent, sometimes existential issue- That's interesting. That if we don't speak up about it, there's going to be real harm in the immediate future, whereas so many white people can 
let me read the books about this. Let me go to the conference. Let me talk to somebody. Let me, let me take a long walk. And then, you know, on my way out the door of this organization or when I don't care anymore, or when I have enough money, I'll talk. And it's tricky. It's tricky because we are not saying that there shouldn't be education. Yeah. We're not saying that there shouldn't be teaching. We're not saying that you shouldn't collect your own people. But I think what I'm trying to say, and this is kind of a theme throughout life and witness team. I say this kind of everywhere. I try to say this everywhere. We need to have some (laughs) self-awareness. Can we have some self-awareness to understand what's going on? You have some self-awareness to understand that you just didn't arrive here. You're not the first person here. And it's kind of like this whole theme, especially, and I saw this in 2014, 2015, when white pastors would kind of discover the issue of justice. (laughs) And they wouldn't fully, they they wouldn't fully commit to it. And that was us too, to be Mm -hmm. frank. But they wouldn't fully commit to it. Um, And so, but they would start like podcasts off it, do panels. And it's like, we'll have some self-awareness to understand that you're new to this. Like, have self-awareness to understand that maybe that's not what needs to happen. Maybe ask the questions instead of make the statements. Exactly. What can we do? Like, how should we... Like, let me sit at the feet of someone who's been in this for a minute. Maybe host the conference. Don't yes. lead. Don't be on the stage. And I think, you know, here... So here's the flip side, right? Here's the flip side. Want to get in some trouble? We, I think we're already, <laughs> we already down that road. Here's we the flip side. Line. Is it the responsibility, not the responsibility, is it the calling of black Christian organizations like ours to create a pathway and facilitate white Christian leadership and white Christians in general to have that awakening and then go back and collect their people? Is it our calling to actually center black Christians? Yes, but then also create a pathway and an avenue. So are they doing this because we haven't created the opportunity? That's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know what word I'd use besides responsibility. Maybe there's a different word, right? But I do think there's an invitation that we can offer. Exactly. And 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 that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm saying, is that us? <laughs> so is there so, an avenue? What, I think, what, what do we want them to do if we're not asking them to do you want them to listen or not? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> they listen in any way. Thank you. Thank you. So y'all hate listening. listening. We love you anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> um the spice this. We love you. The great thing about about like um becoming ourselves and 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 really leaning into uh speaking directly to black people is that the white folks who are still with us are okay with that. Hmm. Hmm. My sense is the white folks who are still listening to the podcast, still accessing the blog at thewitnessbcc.com. Um, Good plug. Their Good plug. folks, I mean, you know, you saw that. Um, they are the folks who are like, yeah, I need to follow black voices. I need mm. to listen and receive. I need to come with my questions and be uh, uh, a in terms of listening, just take an active part in that. And then the next step is, and this is perhaps where we come in, in terms of your question is we offer the invitation for them to collect their people. Right. That is a ministry that white folks can do with other white folks. That is extremely helpful. And be healthy members of the beloved community. Absolutely. 
So it is not just a utilitarian idea that white Christians are here just to do work for us or white Christians are here just to do work within their context. It is also the invitation that says, find a better way to be human, (laughs) find a better way to be a neighbor, (laughs) discover, discover what it means to actually treat people in diverse backgrounds and marginalized people with humanity. So, so that's a great point because Christian community is always subversive community. Yes. In no, but but it, it, what is subversive is different from context to context, right? Y- yes. So what is yes. extremely subversive in a white supremacist society like the United States is white folks coming under the leadership of black folks and other yes. people of color in the beloved community yes. where we're all part of the household of faith, right? So it's not a, a, a racial supremacy thing. Right. It's, it's a relearning. subversive. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's also, re, it's also, you know, it's sanctification. Mad sanctification. Yeah. It's sanctification to say I don't have to be on top or mm. I don't have to be the center mm. to be a part. Mm. I can be on the mark. We can switch places. Yeah. And we and we can still be or, or not, but we can at least I can acknowledge you differently. Right. And so there's a better way to be. So I think that's what I'm getting at is perhaps there is a blueprint and a pathway that we can show that there is a better way to be. That there is a better way to live. There's a better way to relate. And that it's not that we're trying to tell white Christians or others have nothing, but that you can have something better Mm. without stealing. Mm. (laughs) There's something better with your name on it. Mm. Like what's what God is what what is God doing uniquely for you? And what God is doing uniquely in you and for you is is better and it's gonna hit and it's gonna fit better. It's it's not Saul's armor, it's gonna fit you snug. Mm. Mm. (laughs) You don't have to put it on. Go fight the battles with the armor God gave you and step into the beloved community and learn what it is like to be a part of a beloved community and sit back and watch or sit back and not participate. Right. Because I'm not telling you be voyeurs, but sit back and not participate and still appreciate what's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to dance in the in the stroll line. <laughs> you can just say. I appreciate that. And I need to learn more about where this comes from because this is extremely meaningful to my brother, my sister. And if I never get to participate, that's okay. I don't have to be jealous about the fact that I can't do what they do. Right. Because I have something unique that I can do that needs to be contributed to the broader community. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the challenge. That's the very, very difficult task that we have. And it's also interesting because, and and flipping this now to make it more Black-centered and Black-Christian-centered, we've got to figure out a way to preserve our our culture and customs. Mm. (laughs) Like, those things matter. Like, like, Like for the next generation? For the next generation. That matters. Yeah. That matters. Like, gospel music matters. Mm. The original recipes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the original recipes, the way in which we do church some of our church customs, we've talked about this before on, on previous episodes, like, you know, laughing about some of it. Then in, in other ways, oh, some of this matters. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we need to actually think about this. Right. We need to actually preserve this. And we don't need to forget that that's what got us here today. So, anyway, it's not that we can't have nothing. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> we could have something better together. That's what I'm trying okay. to say. We could like have something that. better together. I like that. Okay. And we can keep what we have, too. So, protect your, protect your peace. <laughs>